horse and heads to that drop and you wine delivery app. There once was a big brown horse. He loved to run, of course. Well, that's not true. I like to drink wine. He'd run right past the finish line and then he'd run some more. Did I bollocks? I don't run anywhere. I get dropped to bring me wine. He'd walk. Bullshit. He'd trot. Trot. He'd run. He'd gallop and gallop and gallop. I've never galloped anywhere. I use Drop Wine to bring me some lovingly curated wines from around the world. And you can get it too without any running, galloping or trotting. Just go to dropwine.co.uk, download the app, use the promo code KITCHENONFIRE to get 10 quid off your first offer. Name was Little Red. No way, my name's Little Red. Big Red, maybe. He was a thoroughbred. Now that is true. And when he'd race, he'd train for days. He never went to bed. Damn right I didn't go to bed. I was up all night drinking delicious wine from Drop. I'd been a horse. Goodbye. Little Red ran past them all. Little Red ran past them all. Little Red ran past them all. When I was a kid, I used to ask my nan to bite me. <laughs> Christopher Nolan, Bane, um, mince, eggs, thanks. <laughs> let it out. <laughs> Just let out the appalling. <laughs> How appalling was it? The garret is no longer. That was a short. I know. It was a short session in the garret, really. All things. Oh, sorry. Good start. All things considered. But um, I'm confident our new digs, grand as they are, will serve us well. They're quite grand. I got quite teased by a certain person on Twitter when I said, Oh, we've got a new office in Covent Garden. Where should we go and eat? I I see why they were like, "Mm, Check you out. Yeah. But when I schooled them and said it actually cost less than the office in Hackney did, they backed down, as well they might. Um, the good thing is, though, actually, we had a good name before, but also now we can say that we're stepping this up, we're taking this seriously, it's business time, and we're in the boardroom. <laughs> we're in the boardroom? <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're sharing an office with some people who... Ha- share an office with other people and there's a fucking boardroom which you just book so email saying can we have the boardroom tonight here we are looking out at Freemasons Hall so we could go and sacrifice a goat after this or something and you know celebrate ourselves again because that's where we were handed anointed anointed um, and where I got circumcised in front of a load of people yeah uh, Alongside it was a, a messy night. By a goat. <laughs> the OFM was gets fucking weird. Yeah, Satan's there in um, goat form. Why is Satan a goat? We've been through Black Gary too many times. Right. Yeah, Black Gary's everywhere there. Um, uh, my heart's still beating a little bit faster than it ought to. Because you're really excited and aroused about the secret guest you've got coming. No, not only have we got a surprise, Sam. Okay, right. Let's do one thing at a time. I'm a bit. My heart's still beating a little faster because I'm a bit cross about. Yeah. What's just occurred on the work front be fine. Um, and more importantly, because I've sorted out a surprise guest who will be arriving in 13 minutes. 
And I told Sam this, and he spent all day going, who is it then? I was like, well, it's a surprise guest. And you really didn't... I, I get the impression you really don't understand what a surprise guest is. Because we sat down in this room and you said, can you tell me who it is now? And yeah, I said, because, no, it's a surprise. Because that's what everybody does. Don't act Who's like everybody? people don't do this. People go, oh, I've got a surprise for you. And you go, oh, I don't like surprises, what is it? And then somebody tells you. I think it's rare you actually have surprises these days. Exactly. People don't... People aren't into surprises. Because there's enough surprises in the world. Like, oh, yeah, Brexit. And, oh, Trump, surprise. <laughs> surprise. It's Donald Trump. Yeah. No, uh, it's, that's the guest. Oh. I googled Bannon Trump earlier. It was a strange... Why? I, I don't know. I got in a thing about Tiffany Trump. It's a great one you don't really hear much about. Who's Tiffany Trump? Uh, his daughter with, I think, his wife before his current Ivana. wife. Ivana. Uh, no. Was she the first? Another one. I think Ivana was the first. Mm. Ivana, Ivanka, Ivan. Ivan the Terrible. Russians. Ivan Ho. It's all combined. <laughs> um, Ivan, of course, is John. John? Is Russian for John. Is it? Yeah. Is it really? Mm-hmm. That I didn't know. Changed the I to a J, changed the V to a U, changed the A to the, an A and leave the N. You got Juan, which is Spanish for John. So in the Russian Bible, is he called Ivan? Ivan, Ivan the, the Baptist. Baptist. <laughs> no, he's called Juan the Baptist. <laughs> That's in the Spanish Bible. Do they change the names? He's always... He's always, <laughs> he's always <laughs> you don't have to change the spelling of Jesus, you just yeah. add an accent, a Spanish accent. Um, so anyway, so you're, you're definitely not going to tell me who this guest is. No, they're going to walk in the door in ten minutes and you'll go, oh, that's uh, disappointing. Yeah. I thought it was going to be someone really cool and it's just... Mm. If, it's, if it's... Who do I really okay. not want it to be? Have they been on here before? That's... No, pass. Oh, wait, you're not going to answer? No. Right. It better not be George. If it's George, I'm going to lose my shit. Right. Any minutes from last week? Um, yeah, I don't know whether from last week. You start. Braces aren't sexy. No. But I said braces are sexy. About teeth braces. Oh, you did say Trouser braces. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, when you were 12, you thought they were really sexy. And I, I thought I'd better qualify that by saying sexy wasn't the right word. I don't think... I, I definitely don't think 12-year-olds now are sexy in braces. <laughs> But at the time, I don't think sexy was the word. I think cool. There was something cool about braces, right? You That's, did say sexy. I did I find did that say strange. Sexy. It when was I, strange. I mean, I, when you said it, I twinged a bit, like, oh, that's gross. Yeah. And then when I edited, I thought, oh, that is weird. And I thought that's the sort of... Three times of, a lady. And I'm still thinking it's... An insight into your... Psyche. Sexual peccadilloes. Um, well, yes. Also, the other minute which you've just reminded me of from that week was... Dan Harmon, and I'm sure he's, it's not, he's not the first person to come up with it, but had a theory about um, sexual fetishes uh, and them sort of being born at the moment. If, if your moment of sexual awakening coincides with something particularly unusual, so the example he gives, you're five years old and your parents are having a lunch party in the summer and you're crawling around on the table... And under the table, and a woman or a man uh, there has his shoes off, and suddenly at that moment you kind of feel a bit five-year-old frisky. <laughs> Not a name right. for a cocktail we'll be using. Um, then suddenly it's like, oh, that you grew up to have a foot fetish. So I wonder if, like, if you, where am I going with this? I don't know. Do you have a foot fetish? <laughs> no. Or I don't have a brace fetish either. But just you know, I had a weird. I thing. reckon if you're because you're twelve is about the age when you're starting to. 
I'm not saying yeah. I have a braces fetish, so yeah. really it's a non sequitur, but... I, I had a thing when I was a kid, right? And I remember this, and I'm going to be completely honest. Really this is hot. me telling the truth. <clears throat> yeah. This is a truth bomb. This is not a fetish of mine that I okay. have as an adult. But you've known as a people sexual to have creature. It. No. When I was a kid, I used to ask my nan to bite me. <laughs> and I remember sitting on the sofa being like, yeah, bite me, bite me really Where? hard. On my like, arms and whatnot. Yeah. But she did. It was like a fun game. I can see that being adorable. But that's not. But there's nothing. But now you think about it, you're like, God, was that dodgy? And it, of course, it wasn't dodgy. No. But I mean, like, the, what was the reasoning behind it? But I remember thinking, Oh, yeah, this feels great. Getting bitten. But it's like but I think it was like she was being a bear, and I was a baby bear. So you know, bears pick up their kids on the back of their neck. Yeah. I, d- I don't pick my kids up by and biting dogs. them at the back of their neck. And cats. Oh, yeah. Pops. But whelping pups. Whelping. <laughs> and there's no H. I don't think there is. Is that? Yeah, W-H-E-L-P-I-N-G. Okay. Whelping. Whelping. But I mean, there's a million little things you do as a child that you're like, hmm, was there anything sexual about that? So, like, feeding lambs, and then if you put your little fingers in a lamb's mouth, and it would suck your fingers, and it was kind of like, oh, that feels nice. I don't think there's any sexual about it at age six. It feels like that would still feel good now. It does. Yeah? When was the last time you (laughs) fingered a lamb's mouth? Um, Our guest is early. Yeah. You can ask them that question. Okay. All right. Keep keep rolling. They're on their way up. Yeah. All right. Exciting times. The thing is, it's going to be such a disappointment. Such a disappointment. Is it? What's the most disappointing moment of your life so far? Um, my wedding day. All right. This is going to trumpet. Donald trumpet. With a trumpet. Wasn't disappointing, actually. You, dis- the you were disappointed. The morning after, sitting in a pretty crappy hotel in Hazelmere, drinking oh, Costa. Uh-oh. Oh, no, Uh-oh. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> called it. You did, he called it. You were the only name he guessed, and he said he'd be really disappointed if it was George. <laughs> and here you are. Oh. Sort of half in your running coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To change, to change. Hey, Welcome. George. Hello. Hello back. How are you? You very red-faced. Welcome back to Tiki Off, as always. Thank it's you. very hot in here. Yeah, it is. I've just disrobed. Yeah. Welcome to the boardroom. It's very nice. First point of order, you can help us come up with a name, although you're going to ruin it because you're going for a run, so you won't be joining, for this segment of the podcast, which is going to be what we call, you know, this segment of the podcast. But we'll get it back. So with guests, like, I was going to, you know, I said, like, cocktail hour, but not shit as a name. Boardroom ah, banter. Was that what you were talking about? Yes. You were talking about the podcast. You guests. smell very clean. Well, well done. I haven't run. Like, I'm not. No, I know. But, okay. Yeah, but you freshly laundered clothes. Oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> Weekend wash. Sunday adulting. Do you work near to here? Uh, relatively close. Yeah. Hoping. Oh, okay. Do you know what is also close or should be close? That microphone to your mouth. Okay, I'm going to move in. Yeah. Hello. Uh, a hot mic. Eat it. I'm not a. I'm not the podcast guy. No. But that's like. That means the mic is on, uh, rather than an attractive man. Have you been on the radio Mike? yet in your food writer persona? No. no literally, you, you are the only people who will have not me. Even that have so, had not me. even that Soho one with the Sitwell chap. <laughs> I have not been on that one, no. I, I'm sure my invitation is in the post. I uh, find that strange because you're, you know, we blew smoke up your ass last time you were on here, but you, like, you're a much more accomplished... 
if not more published writer than I ever was. And I used to get invited, not not like on Woman's Hour, but I'd get invited on weird regional... Like, if there was a hot topic about which you write frequently, I'd get invited on BBC Sheffield or... But how did you get... regularly. But you had... I suppose you had a... I wonder, did that not go through your agent or whatever? No. No. They'd they'd read some bile I'd written on The Guardian and give me a call. I think you've probably got more mainstream appeal, though. You were, like, a published author. I'm the Ed Sheeran to your James Blunt, or... Do you know what I I saw was... um, I got a message today, Ab, saying that Milo was listening to Eminem on his Kindle. We haven't actually said who the guest is to people who don't know. We did. We said it's George. They don't know who George is. Well, this then is they should fucking look it up. Food writer and antagonist of most people, uh, George Reynolds. Thank you for having me back, guys. To the only... No, one of three repeat visitors by my books. Mm, you... Grace Dent. You, Grace, Matt Bright, Thomas Blythe... <sighs> Yeah. Uh, Didn't hear My wife, those. my son. Oh, no, but come on, they're not, like, okay. guests. Yeah. I think that might, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. How about cooking with as the segment? But we don't cook. Yeah, but it's it's yeah, not but a fucking kitchen either, is it? We're, like, we're, it's not. we're cooking chat. Oh, that's we're incredibly <laughs> potrichian. <laughs> Hot talk. <laughs> Hot steamy chat. Hot Medium topic. rare. Or is that what? No, yeah, that's Bordeaux, isn't it? That's Bordeaux, yeah. yeah. Um, Medium well. Okay, so yeah, so George is here. So Ab sent me a message saying, uh, Milo's listening to Eminem on his Kindle. I was like, that's a bit weird. On his Kindle? Yeah. I he, he oh, like one of those. Spotify. Okay. Yeah, yeah, on his Kindle. And he'll sit there just listen to track after track. He yeah. sort of pings around between it, which is quite interesting to listen to where his brain goes. Yeah. Because he listens to something and then randomly just press something else, so it pings around. But no, so he's just at Eminem today, and I thought, I wonder what Eminem's up to. So just Googled Eminem, and the first thing he, that comes up is his new single, I assume his newest With Ed Sheeran. With Ed Sheeran. Mate, he so is. So Eminem is ripped. He's absolute stack house. Because uh, you know, I think he's got off the drugs or taking different ones that bulk him up. And then he's—you see it—it's in this video, and he's like, yeah. sma- he starts smashing up a room. He's having a row with some la- young lady in it who disagrees with him, <laughs> wow. rap-wise. Uh, and then yes. it cuts to Ed Sheeran in a rainstorm, but just dressed normally like Ed Sheeran would be, but just without his acoustic guitar, but sort of running around, rap moving. Oh. But is that he sounds singing? horrible. He's sort of rapping, isn't he? But in that sort of Ed Sheeran-y, yeah, sort like, of rappy, singy, not very good rap. No. In the rain, so his sort of, so his hair's all sort of on his face. I, I think sure the rules have changed. I think your, our generation is probably the last generation to have cared about sort of rock star credibility. Yeah. Uh, whereas I think now, you know, if you look at the young, the cool kids on Instagram, it's more about building a profile and building a brand for yourself and doing whatever it takes to get there. And if it's sort of... Do you mean as the artists or as the consumers? No, as the artists, as the artists. So, you know, you look at, you you know, in the past, you know, in the 90s, if Eminem had buddied up with the equivalent of Ed Sheeran, people would have been like, that's the end of your career. You are now a joke. Whereas these days, I think there's much more acceptance for like... Big singles. You know, Kendrick Lamar appearing on uh, Taylor Swift's song. And no one really holds it against yeah, her in the way that... she's quite respectable nah, in her but own. still... But come on, she's not Kendrick Lamar level of... Like, it's literally pop- the best rapper alive. But, you, but you, could, you could make an argument that she is literally the best pop star alive. Yeah, yeah, but... But but, for, but, but it's more to do with sort of underground you, integrity yeah, and, and cult rock and credentials. Cool. And yeah, exactly. That doesn't exist anymore. In the same way that doing adverts when I was in a band was like, yeah. don't do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, whereas now... You know, I turned down a huge amount of money to do a Guinness advert... 
directed by Anthony Minghella. What? Yeah, idiot. Yeah, it's really stupid. Which, on paper, is like, that's a super cool advert to do. We would have much it's, better mics now. Oh, we... Mate, you wouldn't be doing this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was my joke, George, but thanks for uh, really just drawing just a really line on the um, But yeah, but like, so if you could pick an advert to do, you know, I, I don't they quite have the cash that they used to, but you know, the Guinness advert, you know, yeah. Jonathan Glazer does the Guinness advert, whatever, you know, artistic, and Anthony Mingale, you know, film director doing this, and one studio's on a side, I'm like, nah, can't do it. Can't, you know, we're not going to sell out. We're not doing our music. Yeah. And literally within a year, oh, adverts, yeah. And now it's oh, well, that's the only way that you make money. Mm. You know, the guy from Grizzly Bear was moaning on Twitter about how they're not going to be able to go and tour all these places anymore because they lose money and they're playing big venues but losing yeah. money, which is a bit idiotic because they spend too much money on lights, yes, which nobody cares about. Yeah. But you know, you'd, th- th- you'd think most of Grizzly Bear studied economics. Yeah, yes. that's true. But he, but he made reference to, you know, we haven't got a car advert this year, so we can't afford to do it. Mm. And because now that's that's, the, that's the economy of being in a band. It's, inter- it's interesting that those standards sort of no longer apply to musicians. But I think to take it back to the subject of this podcast, film, chefs, <laughs> etc. I think there is still a bit of side eyes thrown in the direction. If a chef kind of is on. Instagram or Twitter or whatever, plugging a new yeah, partnership. That, I don't know, for Neil Rankin, bigging up his crockpot was a thing that was happening recently. And I, I'm not... You it's know, not quite... People have got to make money. There's no, I've got no... I don't, you know... They're not I understand why they've made those choices, they're, but... They're not equivalent. It's, it's like a, a musician bigging up a shit keyboard would be the equivalent. Okay. You think? I mean, I, I just sort it's of... Not, what if, with the whole chefs as rock stars thing? Yeah, but you're... you're Plugging a product that's related to your job, which if you're a musician, you're just giving your music to something that's plugged. Yeah. It's a, there's kind of one step removed. If if it's like if you if you're Heston and you put your name on a peeler that is rubbish, then you kind of lost credibility. But his Sage range, for example, I don't think there's many sideways glance at that because it's pretty good quality kit for. I've a got a uh, set of scales from yeah. Heston's range. Do they work? Broke. <laughs> so. Quality control. Should rest my valley. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sort it out. Uh, where have you eaten of late, George? Well, we... Oh, I have... I have eaten. Um, <laughs> stand Good. Yeah, it's fine. Um, you have to. Where... I, mean, I went to uh, Head and Shrock. Mm. I don't know if you guys have done that as a sort of evening thing. Oh, we did an excruciating evening there. What was the... Oh, God. It was really it's... one of the worst moments of my life. And I got to experience it, A, live, and then B... Listen back to it <laughs> because it was a podcast. Or? We, yeah, we they they did a a short lived, if not one off, because we did it so badly. <laughs> a series of supper clubs and asked us to do the first one, Ooh. and we said absolutely. Can we combine it with a sort of live podcast? We've been listening to, I guess, Harmon Town and, and other live podcasts, and thought we'd take a run at it. But it was pretty. Uh, I think it was like two months maybe into us doing this. Yeah, we definitely hadn't done it for long, and. So not only were we prepping to um, cook, um, you know, God, come on, brain, uh, cook dinner for 20 people, um, but we were also prepping to record a live podcast for the first time. Hadn't, had basically approached it like we do this, which is planned nothing, mm. and then suddenly sat down in front of the mics with a bunch of people looking at us and <sighs> just, like, didn't know oh, what the fuck to say. And also, I can't believe it didn't cross my mind that, like, you could, I could totally do it in front of 500 people or whatever, no problem. That, that would, doing a podcast in front of loads of people, mm. easy. A small room, but though. A small room, yeah. you know, 15, 20 people or whatever staring at you. 
and it's deathly quiet. Ah, it was oh, it was horrific. And they hadn't had drinks and stuff, so they yeah. were a bit. You know, they could sense our oh, nerves, so they weren't really. Yeah, it was pretty. It was, was excruciating. You can tell the people that we did a um, when ETA London launched. There was a panel um, that I was on, and that also had kind of actual important people on it, like Grace and Yotam um, Lengi. Uh, and you could tell the people who have done this before, because even that was quite a small room. It was probably thirty to fifty, I'd guess. But they just were instantly able to take all the tension out of it. Just crap. Not even, you know. Um, just didn't have to do a classic. No, exactly. Didn't yeah, exactly. Didn't just <laughs> Bernard Manning. Bernard, Bernard Matthews Matthews is the turkey. turkey. Guy. Um, do a Bernard Manning joke about a turkey. And not the country. <laughs> what? <laughs> Would have. He's dead now, isn't he? Uh, dead. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's an art to it, I think. It was, filling, yeah. filling dead air in a room. It's I mean, stressful. I think because they followed the, uh, the Alice Levine on Instagram and they're touring America at mm. the moment. You think, ah, oh, that looks great. You know, they're playing all these places. And I was like, yeah, our podcast is not quite at that level. Jack, a, as in Jackson and Levine. Um, yeah, yeah, but they have the My Dad Wrote Porno podcast. You don't know what? that? Not Jackson and that. Levine, Alice just Levine. Is, yeah. Alice. Oh, I didn't know that. No. Yeah. <sighs> So, yeah, so they're, you know, sold out shows or whatever and big theatres and you think, ah, that's, that's awesome. Three Nights at the Albert Hall or did? It's yeah, fucking insane. Do. Yeah, it's mental. And we have never got any credit because when I met her poddy buddy, the guy oh, whose yeah. dad actually wrote the porno, I said, oh, I'm James. Mm. Yeah, well, actually, we've had Alice on our podcast. And he said, what's your podcast called? So it's The Kitchen is on Fire. He said that was the whole reason we did this podcast. Alice that's said it was really fun. And we've never got we any could, credit We could have got a support slot. In America. Yes, intro. Yeah. Just, we'd have gone on three minutes and be like, yeah. Uh, my dad. Christopher Nolan, Fane, um, <laughs> Mints, Eggs, thanks. Uh, yeah, no, but the, we could have got a support slot, should have done. We wouldn't have got a sound check, would have sucked. We wouldn't have had a dressing room. We'd just have to mill around the crowd, go on to like four people. The yeah, they took. Would you have a Type Five in the sense that, like, stand-ups have like a Type Five minute set that they could do? I don't feel this. Oh, God, no. You're kind of a bit baggier. Yeah, than very that. Saggier. Saggy. Yeah. Yeah. In all the wrong saggy. places. Um, George, where have you eaten? So, so Hillens Rock. Hillens Rock. Let's move over that. But I think it's a brilliant place. Um, obviously, you've got to like meat. That it was is a the freebie, one. Wasn't it? it was a freebie. So declare that. Please. It wasn't a hashtag invite. I would be clear. It was. It was going along as a guest of someone who was also okay. attending it. So I wasn't invited by like the organisers. Right. If that, I think there is That's a subtle difference. Because I'm just not, I'm not... Can you just not do that? Because I'm going get very cross. I'm not being expected to sing for my supper. So that was, that was very nice. Um, I think it's very nice sort of outside the special event stuff as well. Um, Sabor. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A few days ago. Um, so I've done the counter and I've done and the Lyles, bar now. You... Oh, yeah, and Lars. Which uh, was... I, I'm intrigued by that their thing so Lars have launched a bar menu which you very kindly invited me to be your guest as you were the guest at the restaurant so yeah, hashtag no. whatever if, that, if I got another one <clears throat> I wouldn't have invited you yeah but there's only six it's not like a bar that you kind of want to settle in at because it's it feels like it's the mm. dead space between the door and the restaurant so it's I don't know I mean I'm interested by them trying to generate no I think exactly I think if you've got you know this real estate it obviously makes sense in the current market to use it as effectively as possible um, but I saw I think someone in the standard described it as sort of Russian nesting doll restaurants sort of restaurants mm. within restaurants within restaurants so Sabor obviously you've got three yeah um, I haven't done the upstairs bit but I was talking to a friend of the podcast Adam Coughlin the other day yeah. he's coming um, on 21st of, of 
what's this month? March. March. So March. that episode will be out on the 26th. Wow, Tune in. Look at you, Game Pro. I oh, need some more sponsors. Yeah, we're getting we're going to get sponsored out of our asses. Now we're in the boardroom. <laughs> it's business time. I keep saying that. It's quite good. It's catchy. Yeah. Well, let's um, call it business time with James and Sam. <laughs> Are you always going to be in here though? Because that's going to be unfortunate if you're back in the garret. No, no, this is it. No, no the garret's dead. Just because we just scorched earth policy, set fire to <laughs> so it. The whole dead. house just gone. Yeah. James now has no roof. <laughs> no, we just. It made more sense to get guests in. It's like, do you want to come to E9? Not really. It's a bit of a ball. Mm. Do you want to come to WC? I'm going to take you to Parsons afterwards. No, that's not an offer, but it might be. Well, not for me tonight, obviously. I've got to get yeah. back. Got to run back. Athlete. Um, Sabor, we've talked about Sabor. I feel you keep staring it away from Sabor. I no, don't know whether. I love Sabor. I, I, I have a slight guilt complex about Sabor because I've not actually gone and sat at the thing and eaten. I don't think you should have guilt. I don't think they're struggling without your business. No, no it's not. It's, okay, it's yeah. more about neighbourly support as opposed to like. Ooh. Well, I w- this is obviously have my personal a, have opinion. Have they eaten at Magpie? It's not no. the point. Well, well get Jose over. Cool. Love Jose. Oh, like, yeah, he gives a Jose great too. hug, that guy. Yeah, oh, he gave me best. a hug the other night. Oh. Oh. Um, I don't think you've hugely missed out when I go to the counter. I think the most interesting stuff is at the bar. Mm. And what I was saying to Adam was that wouldn't it be amazing? Or was that sorry? This is what Adam was saying to me. Wouldn't it be amazing if the whole of Sabor was just that bar? If the whole space was taken over and you could just get absolutely bladdered on those, you know, nice cold beers and mm. the vermouth. And you could do this, you could do stuff from the Essador upstairs as sort of you know like a pork roast pork kind of roll type thing with the suckling pig. I can just I can imagine it being a very fun laid back wasn't place, and it is fun now, but it's it's not the same kind of it's not hedonistic. I don't think. Wasn't <laughs> on the initial street? street yeah. Wasn't the initial thing that you dropped stuff on the floor? Well, there is. It is by the bar, but then you've got this very kind of Michelin starry, like Barafinery style counter where you, you know, you can't imagine that ever happening. And I just feels like they're slightly moving in different directions as in terms of what the aspiration. I can kind of see why you'd want it because people are waiting for a table at the at the bar, but it just at the moment it's just different. It's a fridge, you fucking idiot. Sam is trying to open the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want? A beer. This is guys. This is great radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut this joke. Actually, I won't. It's fine. Leave it it's on. Me being an idiot, not being able to find a Suffer the consequences. I'm fine. Honestly, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I take your point, but also if I, I just think that's that's kind of the charm of the bar. You've got this little nookie bar, mm. and then you've got the posh bit, and then you've got the posh posh bit upstairs, mm. and that's a fun way. If if it can work operationally, as one says in a yeah. boring way. That's that's awesome. I'm into that. Um, but it's the same thing <clears> that you pointed out with the with, you know the bar stuff at Lars. I think it it just maybe it's just taking a question of taking time to bed it in or whatever. But you do sort of feel like there is a sort of um, it's going to sound pretentious, but a sort of feng shui in these spaces where like stuff works in a certain harmony or doesn't work mm-hmm. in a certain harmony. And so um, I find bars within restaurants always quite difficult. I got an email from the. From Sexy Fish today. Mm. Was that on the back of your very funny tweet? About the shape of water. Yeah. I thought that, that should have got more good. traction. Yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. believe the stupid fake menu one. What was your tweet, just for listeners? So I said, you at Sexy Fish, are you doing any promo tie-in dinners to celebrate the shape of water's <laughs> success? 
That was very good. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was very funny. But you could re-up it after its success. Yeah, I always feel a bit. It's a bit. It is a bit desperate, mm, especially three weeks. I later also think with like. I think with with sort of, particularly with kind of content, it, you know, as in sort of stuff you've written rather than just like a crappy tweet. Um, it's always a fine balance because, you know, not clearly not every time everyone is going to see what you've written the first time you post it. Yeah. But you don't want to be that guy being like, guys, have you seen this? Guys, have you seen this? It's really good. Check this out. I mean, in the early days of Twitter and blogging, I remember that being the sort of chief no-no was like, you don't multiply. Yeah, yeah. One for the evening blog. crowd. Yeah. Oof. In case you missed it. But yeah, you know, this is this is well for the ICYMI yeah. days, which I never, I didn't understand what that meant for actually acronym. Yeah, I found it. What does that mean? I in case don't. you missed it. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning where the mm. fridge is. FWIW. <laughs> F-W-I-W No idea For what it's worth mm. Ah nice oh, I quite like that one Yeah but it's a um, little Passive aggressive I was thinking Yeah For what it's worth For what it's worth Here's the piece I wrote Check yeah. it out Oh well, I, was, oh, I think uh, F-W-I-W is more like F-W-I-W uh, Your opening line of Where to eat this weekend Was shit mm. Oh I see The little it's like It's a bit like Just mate. what it's worth you know. It's just my opinion But you're yeah. quite bad is it? Yeah, it's another version of Methinks, which oh, uh, Marina was. Marina was mm. Who actually says Methinks? I, I surely that's Brexit a, versus. Is it? Yeah, I don't. Fortunately, uh, being of such niche appeal, I don't have any of them. I don't think. Right. Uh, Speaking of which, I'm getting an Irish passport. Why? So I can still get in. Are you still Irish? Yeah, I can get one. <laughs> my uh, found out today that my auntie has That's got a real birth- question. <laughs> Are you Are still you Irish? Irish? I'm still Irish. Uh, yeah. There we go. Brexit news update. My brother in Hong Kong told me he could sort out me and my brother. Now it turns out we might have to actually go to the embassy. So we've both gone back to him and said, look, mate, mate you, you sort it get out. Get on it. And we'll be at the Guinea Grill. And then we'll celebrate getting them when they post them to our house. Nice. We don't have to go anywhere near the embassy. Okay, I've got a hot topic. Okay. Before we're not going to dismiss George, but yeah. if he wants to run home, um, oh, is George on the schedule? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not on the schedule. I've got, yeah. I've got time. Um, it's quite dark though. Have you got I, a headlamp or something? Fine. It's well lit. I messaged Sam earlier, so we were wondering where we can eat after this recording. Um, saying, uh, I can't remember the exact wording, but basically, like, is it is it because we're too close to the food and restaurant mm. openings and stuff that I just look at recently openings and just think I don't give a fuck and I want to go I just want to go and eat some Chinese food and then and, and you said yeah me too mm. and then I thought I didn't say hashtag me too <laughs> yes that would be inappropriate that would use. be inappropriate yeah. and you know I've been groped by Simon Rogan <laughs> and hashtag me too allegedly <laughs> off the record um and then I thought about it more, and I thought maybe the slump in restaurants, restaurant trade or whatever, is because we're because we're involved in it. We're much slower to come to that. So because we're involved, we'd be more excited, more involved, and actually, your average punter has become less interested way sooner than us, and we're coming to this much later. 
and things have just so it's started. just a sort of fatigue so, so the decision fatigue has come to us later we're like oh it's because we're too close to all this we're bored of it it's like people but, who aren't close to it got bored no, sooner I, do, I really do just, I, I think hot potato hot potato Throwing you're work. excited though, aren't you George I'm a, yeah I'm very excited I, I think almost too excited I mean yeah Practically tumescent. Um No, I think um, it's a really, really exciting time to be in London. For I, I cannot speak about people outside London because I, I, that may well be the case that there just isn't the volume of interesting new openings to keep a sort of restaurant scene going. I mean, I, Bristol was at Wallfish and Birch. Now, is it Birch? Is that what it's called? I can't remember. But Fiona Becker was t- tweeting about it today. That you know, these these kind of interesting cool places that would kill it anywhere in the UK are struggling and that may be because you just don't have a critical mass of people who give enough of a shit um, but I think here there's you know every week every few weeks there's something to kind of catch your eye and um, make you wonder I, I think the problem may be that they're all, there's a kind of similarity in the new openings at the moment um, which is again I'm not to kind of big up my uh, Massively viral tweet, thousand plus likes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, um, but that was a. I think the reason that kind of resonated was because the, every single week you're getting a sort of small plates, naturalish wine or wine from somewhere a bit weird that isn't kind of, um, you know, completely normal. And, and people are just like, well, these places are always like fine, they're always good, but is it enough of a reason to drag me out of my seat and spend 100, 150 quid? George, can you um, pin that tweet? It is pinned already. It is pinned, okay. Don't so worry. to see this tweet, follow at go underscore scriptor on twitter.com. Or the app. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're two different experiences. Um, I did. Because it was cause my genuine, you know, and I was honest with you, like my first reaction was like, that's really funny and really fucking cynical and a bit gross given you love this industry as much as I do. But it, it gave pause for thought and actually it did make me think it. it Hopefully, as a rallying cry to people wanting to set up a restaurant to be a bit more. Yeah, just think Yeah, and I, and I would agree, and I thought it was very funny, and I was jealous you got a like from Peter Meehan. Cause I, oh, really? And a yeah. quote tweet. Thanks yeah, very much, Peter. Tweet yeah. Uh, who bizarrely as well I thought he'd had a really big falling out with Dave Chang but then he's well uh, so I think I think the ugly delicious thing was recorded before the lucky peach fell apart I think and Helen Rosner said this in her review of it that she could imagine it being having started recording as Lucky Peach the TV show yeah um, and then but that was um, thingy that was Mind of a Chef was like it was a kind of was, but like Netflix throwing its money at it, being like, "Oh, that was later though." But the first series of yeah, completely. Was that was yeah, yeah it was, and the production TV. values are very similar, and the sort of the general kind of slightly punky style is very similar. Yeah. Um, but I, my kind of interpretation of this, if you if you look at like the Tacos episode, that was when Nova Mexico was happening, which yeah. is what a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, when Lucky Peach was probably still a thing. Yeah. Um, so I definitely. Definitely think that you know they have subsequently fallen out, and now there's this slightly awkward like shit. We're like best mates. You know, they talk about it being like a marriage, like they're married to each other. um, On the show, me and doesn't seem to be sort of tweeting about it or pushing it at all. Whereas obviously, like Dave Chang's doing talk shows. Mm. Yeah, 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 exactly. They're not together on those talk shows, are they? But also, but like nothing. You know, me and's not tweeting anything about it, Instagramming anything about it, which is. I was a bit like, oh, those two are great. Like they're buddies. They have ramen, and uh, but you know getting the band back together for one I just last it, job. but it feels it feels like a product of that time as well it feels like um, I want to I want to I want to talk about it being delicious but one thing going back to your menu thing yeah that you tweeted that you've pinned at twitter.com forward, forward slash, slash 
script. Did I ever ask you that? Is you not named after a Frog Eyes record? No, although we did currently, this conversation. yeah, we it's, did this uh, last an time. SEO oh, issue. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but but people like being bored of those kind of restaurants. Being, yeah. But then potentially, what will be? I mean, obviously the reviews aren't out yet. But potentially, one of the biggest openings of this year is going to be Sabor, which, and I mean this with all due respect, but it's a Barafina. Yeah, you know, but the Asador bit obviously is different. Yeah, and, and the bar's different. I think, and the, and the bar's the, different. Yeah. yeah, but the the, the core cool restaurant bit. I agree. The ballpark is Barafina, yeah, which is super popular and is a tapas place. Yeah, but the idea that like is that the most exciting thing mm. that London, the London restaurant scene, can produce in 2018? Whether it, you know, it may well be amazing and brilliant, and I'm not saying that we need an Alinea or something yeah. that's more exciting. No, no, than but that. I think this is. But do you know what I mean? I completely that feels funny to me. Yeah, so. I think I think um, you know the fact that JKS are involved in it as sort of investors. Um, Clearly, they're going to want a return on their investment. They're going to want it to be a sort of super popular um, place. And look, I mean, as I have said, you know, the PR thing for it has been pretty exemplary. I think it's it's been a really good rollout in terms of getting people in and sort of excited about it without it feeling like duddles, which was so trashy and gross. Do you not um, think they kind of they had they had everything in place? Oh, no, they did absolutely. Win, of course you know? they did. You know, they was literally. If they'd have got that yeah, PR yeah. launch wrong, there would have been no completely. But you do, but you badly gone wrong. Yeah, you know? absolutely. But I think it, you know, it conceivably could have been mishandled. Um, conceivably, operationally, it could have been a bit of a nightmare. Operationally, you know? for sure. Yeah, but you know, it's just been absolutely flawless from as far as I can tell. Anyway, from launch. Um, that said. I feel I've done, you know, I've done the bar a couple of times. I've done the counter. I want to check out the Asador, but I don't think it is the most exciting thing to have happened in London. I, I think, in particular, the counter stuff is is very much just like eating at Barafina. Um, and what, yeah, as you said, I don't, I don't want an Alinea necessarily, but you know, if you think about like Black Axe Mangal or um, that place uh, Atlas up in um, Walthamstow, you know, places where you're you're being pulled in a different direction as a diner and trying kind of different things from what you might have had before. That, to me, at least kind of once every few weeks is where I want to be eating rather than kind of the same stuff mm. done in a, in a maybe slightly different room or with a slightly different wine list. Yeah, I mean, I think we probably ought to be wary of being too binary about these things. I think of... Fergus Henderson said he was opening a new place. Yes. We would know it would be... Yeah, it would be We'd huge. know what we were getting, but it would still be fucking exciting because yeah. Fergus. And I'm not putting Nieves on a par with Fergus, but I mean, this is what apples and oranges, but... Um, no, 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 I know, don't, but I don't think that is apples and oranges. I think no, Fergus I is beloved. I think Nieves was beloved before she left there. You know, she was, okay, people so, knew who she was. She was celebrated. Right, I, was, I was just putting my punch a little bit, but... Um, the the point is that it's all right to be excited by something that's predictable because mm. for, for like, sure for sure yeah just think, like a Christopher Nolan film or whatever it might be you can be lit up by yeah but you say that but then Christopher Nolan with Dunkirk what he actually did was craft a very small movie with um, a huge budget and then but uh, and and equally the the sort of banana skins of of recent years have been. The ones, and I'm not saying this is a discouraged by magpie. <laughs> I was going to say magpie. A, 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 a discouragement. I'm not saying this is a discouragement to try and do something different. But yeah. the banana skins have very much been placed <laughs> I mean, under the feet of those who've tried to possibly too hard to do something different. Whether it's I don't know, um, the guy in, uh, on Upper Street who insisted you lick a brick, or um, oh, yeah. ben, ben Ben Chapman. Uh, no. no. 
not anyway, Ben Murphy, we'll get, one we'll of those Bens. Yeah. Who was the head chef of Organic, age 25. You know, obviously talented guy, but complete fucking lunatic. Um, you know, there's none of these things are sort of... But I, I think... It seems banal. Yeah, Can obviously you, trying something new, you're always going to risk people being like, well, I'm not sure about that. Um, and obviously trying something new comes with a whole bunch of additional operational difficulties, like the trolley at Magpie. You know, I think it, it comes with the territory... But the results, you know, the rewards can be much higher. I, I did that um, lick a brick thing <laughs> at the John Salt, um, whenever that was, three years ago, four years ago. And that was, like, thrilling. That was really exciting. Was and it wasn't all... It wasn't all I'm not, like, was the licking of brick wasn't... Was it the first time you a brick? It was the first time I licked a brick. Um, not the actual licking of the brick that was thrilling, but, you know, the, uh, for someone above a fucking bar slash pub in Islington... Uh, on Upper Street then in particular to be doing this kind of nine course tasting menus or whatever it was for like 45 quid or whatever it was I can't remember um, it was just like what <laughs> sorry <that laughs> not the point I'm making um, no the, it was really exciting and really interesting and I think that's if you look at like Dubu um, Ollie Dubu's new Hide. Place hide and that sort of another feel, feels he's like got, another. He's got, he's got the biggest Russian nesting doll. Well, exactly, he's got like twelve different restaurants. It's like a fucking casino. I mean, it's just and multi kind of restaurant place. That that may end up being exciting, but it may not. And I think that the one of the sad things about the current climate is that people are probably more risk averse as you know as operators than they might have been in the past. They're not going to try this new thing because if it doesn't work, you're fucked. Yeah, but I think uh, yeah, and I, I think operator wise, you know, we've. You know, made reference to it's difficult to be. Oh, we're going to try something slightly different. You know, I don't think it was as different as now we look at it as being, but clearly it was for both for us operationally and for people eating there, or whatever. But the for me, the the thing which again, I just sometimes being critical of somewhere like Sabor, which I think Sabor is great. I've only eaten in the bar and we had a great time, and I think Jose and Neves are clearly oh, yeah, at the absolute phenomenal. top of their game and it's awesome they have their own place, you know, yeah with JKS, but it's there, you get the yeah, impression absolutely. they care a fuck ton about it. And I think that's awesome. But just the idea there's this level of excitement about something that is basically a version I agree with you if Fergus Henderson op- opened something yeah. else you'd be psyched oh Fergus is opening another St John or something that's great but the idea that like, that's the best we can do is mm. London this most vibrant of restaurant towns and we're really at the cutting edge and it's like is it that exciting I think I think what, what is it's it, all my thing no, and no, again, no, I look, if, I, if I were reviewing it I would give it a sort of flawless score for quality of execution and all that sort of stuff I think it is you know so professionally done but I would give it four out of five. I wouldn't give it that fifth star for like magic, you know, yeah. of just sort of something that it, you know blows your brain. And I think I think that's um, what I mean. I think because yeah. in my head I've already said that's going to be the restaurant opening of twenty eighteen. Yeah. No, I, I can't think, see it at any. I don't. Well, I don't think I wouldn't agree there. Oh really? Would you not? I think if they pull off Hyde, that'll be mega. But that is a big old undertaking. The Dubuie thing. Yeah, yeah, like that dude is talented. I know he is a talented, talented guy. That's a massive restaurant to pull off. He's yeah, got to, he's got to do better food than he did at Dubu there. Not when Dubu opened, the food was banging, and then did, the last time we went, it was. What is the opposite of banging? Yeah, it wasn't good. Dry humping, celibate. No, dry humping can be good. <laughs> it was back in the it day. It was really like it was. It was like kind of bad, bad. Yeah, it was bad. bad. Yeah. But then maybe he'd already sort of mentally checked mm. out. By but that point. I think he was also. I mean, from what I've heard, you know, he was working like. 25 hour days like genuinely kind of that's impossible yeah that's the point James Um, he's like Ringo Starr (laughs) hard days (laughs) eight days a week week. week. Um, 
you know, and I, so maybe I, I, I only went once. I thought it was pretty exceptional, um, but that was relatively soon after it opened. Um, no, going back to Sabor and, and the, if you look at the reviewers scores, um, Michael Deacon find, I mean, it was Deacon reviewers. Deacon had a, had a crack. What and did he give it? Well, he, gave, he, he gave us very annoyed that a small plate's all arrived. He was annoyed time. that you were like sitting close to the kitchen on the counter. And that's that annoyed like, him. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it, it, read that, it. It's read so it. So why didn't that a, get covered in your? Uh, because I only look at him when I don't have other people to cover. Because it just it just gives me such like brain blood pressure issues. So I, he got annoyed that you sat with the kitchen. It's just it's place. a it's a nonsense review. Um, read it. Um, but so he gave it kind of four out of five. Um, Tom Parker Bowles gave it four out of five. Um, Deacon is the king of giving four out of five with a review that is basically saying he didn't have a very good time. Yeah, didn't he give Pal- uh, Pastaio four yeah, out of five? It's, yeah, like but it said he like he'd eaten too much pasta, and so I think that's on you, mate. <laughs> like if you're gonna um, no, and then and then he's uh, a fucking moron. But then his political stuff's quite entertaining. It's very good. I just I sure. think some people can can do it, and some people can't. Um, Andy Haler, twelve. I think he gave it. Yeah, but Hayler's a funny beast because Hayler can do a twelve out of twenty, but seemed to have quite enjoyed himself. I don't think his. Didn't or did really his not enjoy? Like, no, yeah. his his wasn't super positive. No, his wasn't so. super positive, and yeah. he, I, I think it's probably a little unfair to, to talk about wine pricing and stuff. But yeah, he does that. But, but you know, his audience cares about it. I don't think it's an unreasonable thing to flag that some markups are absolutely egregious. Um, I don't know. I, I I'd be interested to see a. Faye or a Grace or a Marina or a Tim Hayward review it because as they will as I, well as I think I think that's well, also Park kind of Wells reviewed it at the weekend yeah yeah, yeah. did you cover that I, I don't I don't cover the Daily Mail no good don't uh, you no, no I don't I just yeah. why why drive any traffic to that site there is a there is a site there's a I don't know what you call it a mirror site that. Um, I think it's, if you I've, want to read what's on the Daily yeah. Mail, you can without. Getting no, I think it's hits. a real. It's a shame because I, I actually really like Tom's writing, and I think, um, you know, I think he writes interestingly. But it, and he knows his stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like he's clearly not just a sort of. Speaking of knowing your stuff, head. then uh, should there be more fallout from the like weirdly throwaway but really fucking unimpressive Giles Corrin cock up at the weekend? What, getting Namely, referring to Koya with a K as a ramen joint, which it's not, and it's a chain, which it's not. Like, is it you're you're a national restaurant critic, and you a don't know that both those things are untrue, and b don't bother to double check. I think if you were a, I'd be more cross with the sub editor. I think that's that's what their job is yeah. to catch stuff like that, um, and to check. I mean, it's not exactly but difficult information. To, sub-editor, you probably got used yeah, to Yeah, especially after that email he sent yeah. all those years ago. Um, no, fair, but I think um, the chain thing, I mean, there's more than one of them. But when does it... I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's... Not, that's a sort of... Yeah, and the ramen, ramen uh, udon-type confusion... That's quite. That's it's sort quite, of ignorant yeah, for it's a sort of food writer, professional food writer. But did he say it for? And he definitely didn't say it for lols. No, no, no. no. He, he tweeted, he clarified to tweet. Oh, did he? he tweeted yeah. to clarify that you know he he bogged up, which is admirable. Um, I think. I don't know. It just it's, no, no, no. It's very it's very easy, and I'm more guilty of this than anyone to take pot shots at critics for stuff they have written. But having done it like a couple of times. 
you know, you don't often write it the moment you finish lunch. You don't often finish, you know, you don't often... Yeah. Um, Sometimes, Finish yeah. writing it for a long time after you start it. You know, you get all these kind of things and that can explain lapses like that rather than it necessarily... I think the current, like, that Twitter climate... That doesn't really explain that lapse. No, no, I think the current Twitter climate might even go so far as to be like, oh, Brahman versus Udon, like, you massive racist. They're not all the same. Of course. Which would, I feel, be a, be a little extreme. And it, obviously it's unfortunate, but I, I think it's... Look, at least he's put his hand up and admitted it was a, a mistake. All right, I'll... Uh... Verdict delivered. Let's maybe Oscars. whip in. A Let's bit talk of, some Oscars. Uh, well, before the Oscars, why don't we talk Michael Jackson? Because how do you explain Michael Jackson to your kids? I, what element of just Michael Jackson is a thing? Have we not discussed this? No. I got scoffed at in a slightly aggressive way by my brother-in-law and my sister at Christmas when they were playing well, Michael Jackson. Did we this. talk about? I'm sure I we, did. we did. Maybe just to you. They were, they were playing Michael Jackson and we were dancing around the kitchen with the kids. And I said, is this a bit weird? And they said, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, obviously nothing has ever been proved, but clearly the guy was a bit of a fucking creep slash paedophile. Is it not a bit weird to be like... I don't think you can say clearly. I mean... Suddenly I'm in a position to... Yeah, you've, just, you've literally just, just talked yourself into... Okay, let me finish. I'm going to play that role. Let me finish my point. So, you know, we're all jumping around to Michael Jackson. I don't know, something about this sits a bit strangely with me. Mm. And they just completely scoffed it, uh, scoffed it off. That's not an expression. Scoffed someone Michael off with something. Yeah. a lot of children. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, and I said, cool, all right, just checking. I'm going to go and put, Jim, put on Jim will fix it. I'll see you in there. Uh, with the kids in five, because clearly... I think there was an interesting thing on Twitter about this, that um, uh, uh, she's called Nicole Cliff. She used to run uh, The Toast. I mentioned it last time I was on this podcast. Um, The the magazine? Yeah, the the website. Um, With... um, With Manor Yorkberg. What? Yeah, it was called the. To- it was just the, the toast. toast. The toast. Not to- that was nothing toast to do with Nigel Slater. Nothing to. Yeah, okay. Anyway, it was. No, a, what it was the Miranda York thing? Was that not called Toast? <laughs> That's at the table. <laughs> this and is then the I think it was renamed ever. as. Right. I think it was originally called Toast, and then it was renamed no, as I'm at the table. That. It was funny. Um, it was. He said, "Do you remember that thing he said?" And you were like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Yeah. The and Miranda then said York four th- things, none of which were. Except then he said, "Oh yeah, there was a thing called." Toast. It was called Toast. Right, it was a periodical. It was the sort of yeah, but the four things before English. Um, I think it was. A, it's, it's still going. It has at the table. Um, but you know, she said that there is a sort of sliding. I'm really, really paraphrasing here, but there is a sort of sliding scale with which we have to sort of be happy. You know that obviously on one end of the spectrum you've got Harvey Weinstein, and I think anyone endorsing his art or art that he's been involved in probably needs to take a, a pretty long hard look at themselves what Shakespeare in love sliding it's doors. not right. anyway, no, no, I'm not saying Can't I'm not saying that, that like now. no that's what I'm, no no okay fine we'll go we'll go, we'll go, we'll go <laughs> I'm just I'm taking more I'm extreme taking anyone defending his I'm actions I'm defending Harvey um, and no but and, so the, you know uh, the, the art of people who have had these accusations leveled against them um, you've got obviously Woody Allen um, I was I must admit, I was kind of outraged to see a Woody Allen trailer playing in the cinema the other day. I was like, it just, after everything that's come out, it just felt like 
this is not a person Hollywood should be supporting, endorsing at all anymore. But anyway, um, then you've got Mel Gibson, you've got R. Kelly, you've got Michael Jackson. You know, they, I, I'm not saying I'm not putting those in order. I'm just saying that all of them have been <laughs> to a great your you know, Yes, exactly. <laughs> the, the absolute pinnacle. Um, no, and the, you know, if you, if you if someone says something slightly problematic, Alec Baldwin has sort of come out in defence of Woody Allen. Does that mean you can't enjoy Alec Baldwin's performances in whatever? Like, and they become you just have to be happy with the position that you take and okay people might come at you and be like mm. you're, you're a terrible person but you're not a terrible person really you are just <laughs> well and then what, forming your position and who where do you draw the line in terms of bad behavior you know can you enjoy master of none now because the seasons already did nothing particularly well, exactly. i, mean, I found that very was... jarring and ugly delicious to see him alongside yeah, david chang you're just like oh yeah you it, couldn't it, have cut it, that like it, it was but also you know i don't think it was a bunch of things came out after that and I was like he's just like a gross dude like and bad sex and but did he do anything awful well, I, I don't know whether he did but I felt I felt it was jarring you know yeah. seeing him on that ugly it was like, you know you see James James Franco no and I think what is um, important I think about it, to sort of important to note about this is that it, it isn't just a sort of black and white kind of you know binary that this stuff spreads and so Woody Allen obviously uh, I have major issues with I'm not sure I have issues with people who have worked on films with Woody Allen yeah, of course not. or people who have worked on films with Woody Allen but not apologised for it and that some people call them out for you know Timothy Chalamet got called out for not having said anything and then he said something and people were kind of okay to what, would, what did he work on? Um, this new one uh, I can't remember what it's oh, called oh, it's right. shit tell me by your name no, that's no, 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 no. That's not Woody Allen. Isn't it? No, no, it's not oh, Woody it's Allen. Oh, yeah. So I think yeah. you're saying the actor. Yeah, the he's the guy, guy from it, but he had yeah. worked with Woody Allen previously, um, I think. And people were sort of saying, "Are you really happy to do that?" And like, the guy was a young actor trying to advance his career. The allegations weren't as public then as they were yeah, when he signed. Up. I don't know. It's not, but this is the. It's I mean, very difficult. Oh, it's, it's such a rabbit hole. Anyway, I, I would also the reason I brought it up again, yeah. as I said, was Michael Jackson. Was Michael Jackson because was because you're a smooth criminal. Absolutely, but just to, like so, put, let's put that thing yep. to one side. I mean, I was just going for the gag, you know, But um, how do you explain who Michael Jackson was to uh, an eight-year-old and a five-year-old? Oh, I don't singer. think you. I don't think you say anything other than no, he was pop star. So, 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 yeah, very but, famous pop star. Yeah, but they're, the they're, like, they're like so. So they've started listening to Michael Jackson. So they're dancing around in the front room, and mm. I'm like, "Well, they're listening to Smooth Criminal, or well, they're listening yeah. to Bad, or whatnot." Not his best. And, but no, I didn't. I'm, no, no, it's rubbish. Um, but terrible. But then they're like, "Oh, who is this?" You know, "Oh, it's Michael Jackson." Who is Michael Jackson? You show them a picture of Michael Jackson. They're like, "What the fuck is that?" Because mm. the dude looks like an alien. You know, in the way that yeah, less, latter the, years. Yeah, in in the way that maybe pop stars don't now you know Ed Sheeran looks like a dude a busker which he was whereas Michael Jackson looked like you know he was from a spaceship or Prince did or but do you know what I mean there Macaulay was a, Culkin David Bowie you know David Bowie looked like a looked like an alien or right. whatever you know pop stars were larger than life whereas now they also could David be Bowie Ed, by Ed the way Sheeran. according to some allegations not a very nice guy yeah did some pretty gross stuff to Allegedly, well, to young girls. Um, mm. and uh, Hitler back to your yeah. question. But you know, I, just, I was just. For, for, how do you explain Michael Jackson? What are you going to explain? Well, well, why does he look like that? Well, That's who, what he looks who's like. Michael Jackson? He's a pop star, right? And why does he but look he was, like that? He's dead. Okay, all right. I'm a five-year-old kid. Dead. Who is Michael Jackson? Dead. 
He was a pop star. Why does he look like that? Because that's what his face is. But he looks strange. Yeah, a lot, everyone looks different. Well, you wouldn't say, oh, but the dude rebuilt his whole face and lived in a haunted amusement arcade <laughs> with a monkey <laughs> and a fucking snake that ate a parrot. No, not to be too woke about it. I'd be like, like horses for horses, everyone looks a bit different. You're going to see some weird people in your life. Get over it. Buster. All right, you've, see, you, all right, why did he live in a haunted amusement arcade? I read Wikipedia. Eva, my eight-year-old, she would read Wikipedia. So what's he living in a thing for? Why wouldn't you if you had all the money in the world? It'd be awesome. Okay, that's a pretty good answer. All right, why do you have a monkey called Bubbles? Why wouldn't you if you had all the money in the world? <laughs> why do you awesome? have a snake called Muscles? <laughs> because he was a freak and a fucker <laughs> and a paedophile. Who's Macaulay Culkin? One of his conquests. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, okay, all right. Didn't quite get the gap, you know. Just oh, thought, sorry, I there... thought this would lighten the mood a bit, but we just got really into by joking. I'm not joking about Michael Jackson. No one about ever likes about Michael... Michael Jackson chat. <laughs> Why? Hey there, this is Perseus. You remember me from such myths as Perseus and Medusa. After slaying Gorgons, I like nothing more than to kick back with an ice cold glass of our London vodka. Mmm. Vodka. I love it. It's so fresh. It's so delicious. It really helps me to unwind after being so heroic. I have to get these special shoes, take them off, they help me fly. I got my mirror. I use that to kill Medusa. Then I just stare at it and look at how goddamn gorgeous I am while sipping on ice cold R. London vodka. It's the spot every damn time. If you'd like to try it yourself, maybe head down to Magpie, 10 Heaven Street. Get yourself an R. London vodka based cocktail, 50% off, no less. And there are no gorgons at Magpie. Arlen Vodka, except no substitutes. Mm. Do we lose any content? I think we've probably lost quite a bit, but I can't work out where it is, so okay. don't worry. We'll just just crack on. Uh, if we have lived it, I'll just recap. We had a crash, possibly lost this. I made poutine. Did I do it with burrata? Yes. Did I make beef and chicken stock based gravy yes it was nice then I did something from the night and market cookbook George likes the night and market cookbook so I told him about it he was really excited I was cherry tomatoes pork George said sounds kind of Italian I said yeah it kind of is and it was delicious I enjoyed it with my wife James made a sweet joke do you follow <laughs> it up just get a repeat on that <laughs> you just said and my wife James made a sweet joke <laughs> and my wife enjoyed it Speaking of my wife enjoying you, have I got something to tell you? Go on. Do you want to do your poutine joke first in case we lost it? Did Vladimir enjoy it? Because I made poutine. Just was for that, was that the joke? So yeah, how, that was, was that? how did Vladimir did, how did, go how down? Did, how did, Which how actually did, sounds more... It sounds funnier, like because you think it might be a sex thing, and then you realise it's just... Quote so, from my wife, James Ramsden. Yeah. I found... Actually, not a quote. She said... Is that not a quote? No, not really. I can't this. I've got it round the wrong way. George, shush. Uh, she said she found you talking about Greek myths to be sexually stimulating. Wow. Who can blame her? They are. 
See, the Minotaur. I mean, no, what, no, no, what she's a... not into the Minotaur. She's oh. into dudes knowing their Greek myths. Which I don't know my Greek myths. To I me, mean, George like... would actually wipe the floor with me on the Greek myth front. Is that your jam? Probably. It was. I loved reading about like as a kid. That was. Yeah, I found that awesome. Yeah. Did you have the monsters, um, Odyssey, Gods. and Iliad as read by Tony Robinson for kids? No, it was fucking amazing. Gen- genuinely, when but there's such incredible stories. I mean, the fact yeah. is, like, you know, the reason that that they this that is Troy got remade turn, this is going to turn into porn for my wife. Yeah, no, no, Audio but they are. I mean, it's porn. like let's uh, just just change your tone of voice. Yeah. Just go a bit more uh, softer, more erotic. When, I don't think that sounds very erotic. It just sounds like I'm no. speaking quietly. When you're trying to be sexy, it's hard to be yeah, sexy. I think that's it. You just, I think just sounding authoritative about the men. <laughs> Women is like enough. authority. Wow. Well, I'm just going to undo another button. <laughs> George wearing gym kit and talking about <laughs> the yeah, or- arena of time. Parents out there with sort of nine year olds plus who are into their Greek myths. The Tony Robinson read, uh, I think it was Iliad and Odyssey, but it might just be Odyssey. I think it's both. Uh, a really, really good. What, really hot? It's very sexy. <laughs> hot um, myth action. does begin with the sacrifice of a virgin, if that's your jam. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Leave you to hang on that one for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, well, uh, well thanks, Abby. It's a pleasure to service you. <laughs> Serve you. Um. All right, George, you brought any notes to the pod this uh, week? Well, I, th- I was thought I was going to be asked what I'd cooked recently. Because I was last yeah, time. Well, I haven't been asked, but fuck you. Yeah, but let's go with George. Yeah. Let's go with George. So, James, Friday night. Uh, you did what? You no, <laughs> wait, I was going to say, James was invited to this thing. Oh, I wasn't you invited. You were not. Of course, yeah. Uh, as is the sort of standard thing. Um, had some people over for dinner. Okay. Uh, oh, I saw that. Lots yeah. Of, yeah. You had a French chalet theme, which I thought was a bit predictable. But it was in the s- snow. It was perfect. Okay. Um, Lizzie made a very nice uh, smoked haddock Welsh rabbit. Think about yeah, that. that sounds. Oh yeah, that which in you place did of the. Which you, we, we, oh, no. We've done that before. It's not. A, yeah. It's no, a, it's all right. You don't have to be original. Um, Isn't that what you did at your Christmas thing? Yeah, those, we had like little mini snacky ones at the Christmas. Real blur thing. that, but yeah. They were, I remember them being good I think. Um, uh, so that was nice and then I did really kind of lent into the winter food thing I did tartiflette and panade what's so, panade? so it's like savoury bread and butter pudding is that nice? yes so it's bread and custard so it's not custard I, I was just trying to give you a very short summary okay. of what it was. so what you do you layer a sort of uh, it's baked bread dish yeah but with bread then some like wilted chard, then some onions, then some cheese, then like repeat that. Oh yeah. And then what sort of bread? chicken stock. Uh, sort of day old sourdough is what I used. Is that a French thing or sort of, it sounds Canadian? It is, it is French. I oh. think it, I think it's a south it's from south of France, from memory. Um, but obviously like like those um, like panzanella or whatever, just a way of using up old stuff. Um, but also like panzanella ends up tasting way nicer than some of its Most parts yeah. Um, oh, well, yeah. oh, that was delicious the tartiflet undercooked the potatoes Ooh, which was just devastating because it's apart from that it was it's so, I don't know if you've ever cooked it but it's so easy it's on my and blog, mate. so Keep delicious do a head dinners tartiflet 2009 blog post I would say um, yeah no, so you had it for breakfast I had it for breakfast didn't want me around for breakfast either, either George so, you know, there, there wasn't enough tartiflet to too. Oh, okay. um, just if anyone wants to try that, don't have tartiflette for breakfast. No. So it's heavy. Yeah. Did you Real. try to do a run after that? 
I did a couple of hours. Ooh, it was too. What are you, too short are you training for? Something? Uh, yeah, sort of. I've got the um, is the Hackney half. Yeah. In May, May twentieth. Um, I find that weird though. You've done a marathon. Why are you training for a half? Well, because you keep keep the ship afloat, and then you do a marathon at the end of the year. But the second case, but are you training? Can you train for less than you've done before? You're just like just yeah, because you're not. It's less distance than speed. Oh, I think, okay, right, right, right. you know that you're focused on so it's a different thing so you're like trying to run quicker yeah a bit I mean I'm not particularly like I, I'm doing it more because it's a fun fun day out type thing um, and I've got no sort of goal of like running it in an hour or anything like that you're doing that as well and yeah you, and your brother's doing it yes and did you just all enter some one in France I've and I haven't actually entered yet but I will oh th- you're not? No. Mm. Didn't you drop oh, is it? Is it quite competitive? I, I imagine Ooh, not that it's... I don't think it's like a Boston one way. Like, Didn't you drop it in the, as the thing to go and do? Yeah, and then I've sort of forgot to... Oh, I get on, as soon as I get on it, because oh. I, I, I think it's one of those ones that is very oversubscribed, not because it's difficult oh, or kind of... I don't know why you can't One just, for elite runners, can't you just go just, there and just go and enjoy the wine. You, you t- oh, I thought you meant oh, yeah, without definitely. registering. You can go and you could you could definitely jump in mile one and do it. Oh, I'm sure. You could. Yeah, yeah. Um, even like even on the sort of Florence one, there isn't it like that? Oh, what you could just do you reckon? Yeah, you could no, it's like, but, hey, where's your number? Yeah, but, but uh, equally sort of, but it's kind of like what's the you know if you're not being sort of tracked, right? Doing it, if there's not an official record, is there a point in doing it? I don't really know. No picks didn't happen. So, yeah, well, well, if you are, you know, obviously if you run a marathon every fucking week, then maybe that doesn't really matter. But for someone who only does like a couple a year, you want some sort of proof that yeah. you endured it. Anyway, Marathon de Medoc. Yeah, that was um, really fun. I'm up for it, yeah. Uh, this, this, uh, Dan Doherty is doing it, and uh, Nick. Gibson from the Drapers is it? Oh yeah, Ruth Spivey. Somehow we've, we've all clubbed together. So if you want to get in on that, Action Against Hunger. Um, okay. Crew. I spent today just to change the subject back to my favourite subject, myself. Uh, judging. A cocktail competition, and I was very much schooled by my fellow judges. Not not in a patronising way. Did you not talk about retros enough? <laughs> <laughs> but I turned up, and I was very honest from the get go. I was like, "You guys are the cocktail experts. Yeah. I'm here from I'm a sort of a hospitality, but interested. I'm a cock point of view." Uh, but the criteria, especially the GM from Milk and Honey, who was mm. one of the judges. When he uh, during the break after five cocktails have been tasted, uh, when he talked me through how his criteria, I you know my eyes widened uh, because I just thought, God, these are little things that I just uh, mm. have just totally passed me by. So, uh, what about cocktails? Yeah, but little things. So, for example, he said it really annoys me if they taste. I taste it with a straw and then adjust it because it's like if you taste it and it's not right you some chuck out. it away yeah. no no not oh, like you're okay. taking some out it's like if it's not right you chuck it away and you start again you oh. don't adjust it it's oh. like if you were to see so it's not seasoning if, if you were sitting well, at the pass hmm. in a restaurant that's, that's nonsense yeah. if, you, if you're making if you're making a stew 
and it's got a bunch of stuff in it. <laughs> and it's under-seasoned. And it's under-seasoned. Nah. You season it. You don't, oh, fuck this. I'm starting again. I didn't yeah, nail like, it. Surely, if it's missing just like a drop of bitters, that's bonkers. But a Stuart, well, well, I'm sh- well, maybe I should have asked him to clarify. Just don't fuck off me. Um, I would have said, do you care about cocktails? Cocktails are mad boring. I headbutted him. Cocktails are boring, and people who care about cocktails are really boring. Well, I I would potentially agree based on today. Not that it was boring, not that the people were boring, but I I do think the sort of... So what do you agree? (laughs) Because the obsessiveness about cocktails is way out of proportion to the importance of cocktails. And and, and 99% of people... and, and, And we've talked about this in the restaurant, and... And said, oh, well, 95% of people won't notice, but the point is you make it right for those 5%. Mm. Yeah. But the, there's a bit of wiggle room there, and there's also wiggle room when you extend that to cocktails, which are not the main point of... Unless you're going to a cocktail bar, I suppose. But I just think it's very... The skill required to make a truly exceptional cocktail is as rare as the skill required to make a truly exceptional dish. Like, I can think of maybe 10 cocktails in my life where it's been, oh, shit, like, I get the point of this. And so for people to sort of cons- call themselves like cocktail connoisseurs, it's nonsense. Like, but I, you're, aren't you implying that you, you have a certain level of connoisseur- connoisseurship? No, I did, no, no, I have no kind of... I've been... Lizzie, Lizzie loves kind of going to cocktail bars, and I'm very happy to go along with her. Um, so I've been to pretty much all the kind of, in inverted commas, uh, famous slash important ones in London. Um, and I think there are only kind of two or three of them that I would recommend to other people as someone, you know, if you actually want to be sure that you're going to get something nice rather than, like, 13 quid's worth of... Have you been to that Lion Bar? Yeah. No, so th- that... When that was White Lion... <laughs> Lion Bar. Lion Bar. That's that would be a really good name for it. Is that not what it's called? Um, <laughs> White Lion? Mr Lion? It's now, uh, like, Super Lion. Lion Bar is much better name. That's ridiculous. Get on it. Um, yeah, so I, I went to his the White Lion in Hoxton um, when that was pre-mix, pre-batched. Right. And I think, you know, the the sort of exactitude that goes into making it like that means that the result is always really good. They'd had a Manhattan there that you could always get within about two minutes of walking in because everything's pre-mixed, so there's no kind of faffing. Um, That was genuinely like the best Manhattan I've ever had. Okay, but that's, I would say, is sort of the point of what this guy was saying. Of course, there's a load of wanky bollocks to do with it, and of course there's an over-obsessiveness to do with cocktails. But ultimately, the point is if someone is going to be that obsessive uh, about, you know, it's something I would never have noticed, like, oh, they put their finger in the in the mixing glass before they put it down. Like, Markov. Um, they, does they that put, matter? They, I mean, it's just, it's look, just nerds. Can, look, Go this on, is sorry. the point. Is, uh, oh, they put ice in the, in the coupette. Uh, you're adding dilution there that they're not accounting for. Nerds, nerds, nerds. But the point is, if that person is making a drink and they're considering every fucking permutation mm. of what is going to make that a really good drink. So, I, so but, but either you're saying that's great and it's going to make a... You know, that's the difference between a very good drink and an exceptional one, or you don't give a shit. Most people, probably myself included, on a Friday night, don't give a shit. But that's also kind of like why you said... In- it's, it's very rich of me to, to be complaining about people taking something niche like that seriously um, but I do think it is quite um, of all of the sort of things that I come across in food and drink the inconsistency of quality of cocktails is probably like top of the tree in terms of like the most maddeningly inconsistent thing like you can go to a fantastically cool speakeasy-ish place 
and just be served a shit cocktail. Not not one that is sort of. I don't have the kind of lack, I don't have the technical kind of expertise to be like, oh yes, you've under diluted, over diluted, any of that. It's just like this doesn't taste very nice. Yes, but, 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 sorry. So this, I'm, I'm sure, if you said this to the guy who was banging on about dilution and yeah. fingers and um, other things, it's like that's that the the reason it's not very nice is because they've got a speck and they've not taken it seriously enough. Or yeah, but I just I feel like you can go to a you know, Mr. Lion. Whatever it was, White Lion, when it was White Lion. Can I just Lion again bar. say that Lion, Lion bar, bar is a much As it should name. have been. Um, yeah, the Manhattan was amazing. And every time I moved, did drank something other than Manhattan, I didn't like it. I just, I think it's, it tastes are so personal in terms of what drinks you like. And it is very, very, I think it's quite arrogant of a bar, bar dude to be like, whatever you like, I can make something that you're going to enjoy. And so I, I don't think you can. I think like I think it's weird to be like, well, do you want gin? Do you want whiskey? Do you want whatever bourbon, tequila? I'll make you a drink and you'll like it. It's like, well, that's a big call. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a separate point, really, isn't it? Well, no, I think it comes to the inconsistency point though. Is that like, if it was, really, it doesn't. That's just if it was, if you specialised that, I know if you like tequila, I can make you a great cocktail. Is not the same as I can consistently make a good tequila sunrise. But I just point. I think it's interesting. There's a, there's how broad cocktail bars go. If you if you specialise in gin and tonic, like the specialist gin and tonic bars in Spain, that I think is somewhere where I'm like, okay, I can see what you are devoting all of your energies to this one thing. Whereas if you're like, oh, we'll do some rum based stuff with this, and this is very sour, and then we do this, it's just, it, it's very very broad. Yeah, I mean, you, if you look at the ingredients available, it's like going into a, having a restaurant that's built around, they just order a fuckload of stuff. Yeah. And say, what do you want tonight? And I'll have lasagna here. I would like... Oh, like Taybarns. duck. Like Taybarns. <laughs> and that place is banging. Have you ever been to Taybarns? Um, Taybarns is... I've never been either, but yeah. my friend... We talked about it on here before, but Tay Barnes is like I think a, in the first ever episode, and probably no, no, never later than that. But Tay Barnes, you can go and eat from around the world all yeah. in one place. You just pile it all on one plate. Yeah, like Tibbets, like Tibbets, but with you know you go get yeah, like those giant ones. What's that one? There's one in Bristol, I think. Yeah, where it's just literally just like yeah, a world yeah, Cosmo. Cosmo. I reviewed Cosmo. it on my blog. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> Back in the day. Um, I mean, there's a sort of related point. The, one of the finalists, so the, the, the whole competition was doing a, a twist on a classic gin cocktail was yeah. the thrust of the competition. And then we had to choose three finalists, um, obviously the three best, and then they had to pick out of a hat a classic gin cocktail and make it. And one of the uh, finalists got a martini. You'd be pretty thrilled with. Yeah. And the other judges, and me being a virgin to this, didn't occur to me. And an actual sexual virgin. It didn't occur to me with this particular nuance. But when we got together afterwards to discuss who we thought should win, they said the guy missed the opening trick. Should have been asking each of us what how we like a martini. Yeah. Should have been the first thing, like yeah. as opposed to like right, I'm going to do my thing, my take on a martini. Um, and that's the, the sort of point of a cocktail, but that's why cocktails are different to food. Because if you went to Magpie and ordered the burrata, and then, you know, this, this could be our next tack of a restaurant. 
is you then have the front of the house saying, how do you like... It's not just like, how do you like your steak? How do you like every dish? What about, like, a sushi place? Do they do that? Like, sushi master? Do they ask you what you like, or they just hit you up with what they've got? Do you uh, want your tuna cut on the bias or square? Yeah, no, 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 I've never been for super high-end sushi, so... I'm not, uh, Obviously, I don't speak Japanese, but I think omakase means, like, the chef... It's the chef's... Chef's call, yeah. ...call rather than yours. I don't know if that's true. Do you see that Masa dude is doing a meat one? Yeah. It's, that is mental. That was... Is that the place, that's the place where it's like nine hundred dollars massa, yeah. 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 He's not doing it there, he's doing it somewhere else. I've been thinking I've been toying with the idea of like doing the Iraqi and just sort of How much is the Iraqi? Maybe it's three hundred quid. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it's three hundred quid. Three hundred quid before you've had a drop to drink. Right. Um I say like toying with the idea is though it's like that's something I have the flexibility to do easily, but it's more just like saving up you know Expensive. saving up and doing I wish um, saving up and doing something like that I just think it'd be quite an interesting experience to like to it's a lot of money for an interesting experience though isn't it no, no, I, I, yeah, I, I would love to I've never done super high end sushi I would rather do it in Tokyo or yeah. it'd probably and actually be cheaper in Tokyo um, I'm not sure it would actually I think no, those no, are, but, yeah. I reckon you could probably not that I know I haven't been yeah. to the Iraqi but I'm assuming Maybe incorrectly that there's sushi level, the sushi places on the level of the Iraqi. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. There, yeah, yeah. Which in Tokyo they're like, oh, that's like a B list place. Yeah. Whereas here it's A list. I think. Yeah. Is I mean, that people, wrong? I, don't I, know, I genuinely have no idea. I feel massively. You think Michelin kind of, are dishing out three stars? It's not. Yeah. Going to be B list anyway. No, no, no I think the people. Michelin, Michelin sprinkles stars <laughs> over Tokyo, like. Yeah. Well, that was it. No, no, but no, but over London they don't. Yeah. Okay. I. I Okay, people, people who I've spoken to who actually know about sort of proper and Japanese right. which I absolutely don't, um, have said that it really is. Oh, it really is that. Okay, legit. Right. Um, and so, I, so it's more, it's more that. It's more just that, like that once in a lifetime. Because you know, obviously, I would love to go to Tokyo as well, but that has all sorts of other logistical and financial implications. So, for for once to sort of eat that quality of food, even yeah. if it is, I mean, realistically, it's more like four hundred and fifty ahead by the time you've. But where are they, getting, the, where are they getting the fish from there? They, some some's from I think some's from Spain. I think the tuna right. they get from Spain. I think right. some stuff they import directly from Japan. Right. Um, Actually, I always wonder what what's the flight thing because LA Cornwall? they have a lot of people bring them in from there. Don't yeah. They? Well, I know Matt. I think, to, um, that's not a short yeah. flight either. Matt was trying to do Ikajima, but I don't know if that I'm pronouncing it wrong. I'm sure. I think he, I think he had well, he some did, he was doing success. It. Yeah, because they do it. At, was that two star? Matt, the Cornwall project was was oh, right. getting fish. Was a two star Japanese place? I don't know, the fact that Sushi Tetsu doesn't have any stars is baffling. Um, Tony? I wonder if they can never get in. Speaking of great places for sushi, never guess where we've got a listener to this it's podcast. Sweet. Afghanistan. Yeah, they yeah. love sushi there. Oh, I was checking the stats. We've got a listener in Afghanistan. Yeah, but our stats have been fucked because Lipson have changed the... Who? Yeah, they have. Could Lipsen it be someone travelling from the UK... To Afghanistan. Uh, as far That's as I can good. tell, you have to download it in in the country. Yeah, but they could be in their hotel thinking, "What am I going to listen to on the way back to Heathrow?" For sure, but they're still in Afghanistan. Yeah, it's true. I'm oh, sorry. Right. If, if I'm walking around the mean streets of Afghanistan, <laughs> I'm not thinking. Name a city in Afghanistan. Kabul. <laughs> Solid. Uh, I'm Name not another one. one. <laughs> I don't know any. Do you? 
Sam, name another one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, if you're Bo Bergdahl, you're not marching around in the desert thinking, ah, wonder what podcast I'm going to listen what, to. If you're Bo Bergdahl, you're certainly not thinking, I'm going to listen to the last three episodes of Serial <laughs> Series 2 because it's fucking boring. Yeah, that it was. Is, it was boring, yeah. It was dull. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that was, I had a note. Okay, go on. And then About we've gone, that. We've gone long. Uh, have we gone long? Uh, ish, yeah. L- longish. Um, All my notes are food related and we've done way too much food. Way too much food. Uh, oh no, the final thing actually, no, I've got two things actually, two <laughs> things. So firstly I'll ask you, um, I'm assuming I know the answer is Harry Potter for him, but World Book Day, <laughs> who would you go dressed as? Because it was World Book Day last week, uh... My daughter went as someone um, from a, a, a book who was a suffragette type person. I forget the name of the character. Wow. No, not, not because I'm sexist. Just Racist. She didn't go as who's a famous suffragette. Emily Pankhurst. Correct. Which is, so Eva came back from school going, everyone just kept saying to me, are you Emily Pankhurst? And I said, yeah, eventually, because I didn't want to explain it. Which it's I thought was... Yeah, but I thought that, well, it was good that she was getting approached by a load of kids asking her if she was yeah, Emily yeah, Pankhurst. I thought yeah, that bodes well for the future of, of the uh, the kids. Okay, mm. so all right, Harry Potter, wind it in. Who would you go as? Probably Glenn Hoddle. Uh, from his biography, <laughs> I hate disabled people. <laughs> They're cursed. That's the one. Uh, Why not? Who would you go as? Um, Anthony Bourdain, the character, <laughs> rather than the human being. Has he ever come back at you for any no, um, He will. Do you think he will? I don't think he will. He will. He'll have he, read it. But he Do you got, think he'll have read it? I don't think he'll have read it. He will have read that. I reckon, I reckon you, would, you would be read by him. But he's busy with other stuff, isn't he? Yeah. Planning your handful. What would you I don't know. I think my favourite... Genuine question, though. Like, what were your favourite books when you were a kid? You know, if you... Rod Dahl. So, so, All the Rod Dahl. Yeah, Rod Dahl. See, but that's... He's, he's problematic. He was a massive... Sure. He was an arsehole. Yeah. Yeah, and just a nasty bastard so to his I, family in a lot of ways. It's Semite, isn't it? I've only just learned Is this. it really? I've always thought it was Semite. Always thought it was Semite. I'm now being looked at no, as no, though no, I'm no, the no, voice of no, authority. I, I think, I, yeah. I've heard someone else say that recently, that someone more authoritative than you, and I thought, oh, it's Seamite. I think it was David Baddiel. And I thought, oh, it's uh, Probably. He would know. No. That sounded awful. Yeah, no, I did. <laughs> prolonging my feud with David Baddiel. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm quite a fan of his these days. I don't, I, he's a really nice man. He's two weeks on the bounce talking about that. Yeah, all right. Um, who is your favourite? Um, I really books. like those Willard Price books, and they yes, were they were pretty, amazing. I love them. Yeah, Hal and right. Roger Hunt. Hal and Roger Hunt. But and their dad, who was just like, yeah, sure, go to the Amazon. Yeah, yeah just it'll go, be fine. I'll just go in a shark cage and just harpoon a stingray and just bring there it was back that, to the zoo. Was it, was it South, South, South Sea Adventure? South Sea, the one yeah. with the the that squid was, on the beach, and it was amazing. Oh, was that not the one with the giant jellyfish? I think it was a squid, it was not a squid. squid. It was a squid, yeah. That, that and they like, a... built like a little pit to catch mm. it, or that it got was, stuck that, in it, didn't I'm it? I'm glad you picked that, because that was one that of was my favourite. Like, yeah, good, good, good first wanks, weren't they? they were. <laughs> <laughs> the squid. Uh, yeah. So what, you would go as James and take along a peach? Call me by your name, style. Yeah, I... Um, would I? Who would I have gone as? I think James and John Peach I loved. Fantastic Mr Fox I loved. Yeah. Uh, James good food, but I didn't well. like at yeah, all. Yeah, I, I got to say, I'm not, not a fan. 
Really? Never no. did it for me. I found it was the, it was the I first thought, one that came in my head. Yeah. And the minute I got the sort of neuro, I thought the the different insect characters I thought were really well developed. Yeah, well drawn. Yeah. Mm. The spider was always a charming creation. <laughs> uh, the twits, obviously. Yeah, I quite like the twits. Mr. Twit, right here. Yeah, you are oh, a bit. Yeah. It's stuff Actually, in your beard. Yeah. Game, yeah. <laughs> Conch. Roll. Stop licking my hair. Um, so what would you have done? Good on Mr. Twit. Mr. Twit. I did, I, I went, we, on my, we had a supper club on my birthday, 2011, I would say, and uh, we themed it, a Twits themed evening, or Roald Dahl themed evening, and Rosie and I, uh, very silly, but dressed as Mr. and Mrs. Twit. And I was obviously Mr. Twit. Did you uh, make love together that evening? As In character, the, that's twins. amazing. That's an amazing question. On the ceiling. Well, anywhere. Just, you know. On the ceiling. Playing the role. Yeah. I, d- I can't remember. I don't know. It's eight can't years remember. ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I remember, remember twit sex. You can like, remember having sex well, like, with, the, as with the, the fake twins. beard and the hair, right? Yeah, and cornflakes. <laughs> birds. Definitely not. Okay. Uh, my first thing, but I feel like this is a lovely position to end. And is it food related? Kind of. Uh, also, I'm worried that we're meant to lock up and I have no idea how to do the alarm. Okay, well, quickly. Right. Do you know what mouth pipetting is? No. So, mouth pipetting, this is mental. Right, this is still a reason why people die. Hi. Hello. We've had a bit of a technical issue, haven't we? We believe we might have lost, like, the last half hour of the podcast with George. At least. At least. There were some funny things said. Some really wonderful moments that we shared together, the three of us. Some real insights. George was dressed like a gymnast. I was dressed like I, Tonya. And I was dressed like Michael Jackson. (laughs) In his prime. When was his prime? I don't know. Difficult to tell with that dude. Billy Jean? No, he was great, but he had some tunes. He had some tunes throughout his career. My favourite video as a child was Michael Jackson History, as I'm sure has been discussed on here. Hmm. Used to watch it on the reg. Um, yeah, I'm hoping we haven't lost anything. I mean, a little recap. Is there anything? What do we... Uh, we were unamused by the Darkest Hour victory for Gary Oldman. Thought it was a yeah. fucking disgrace. George uh, thought not, Lady not... Bird was nice, but didn't want to sound like he was sort of denigrating what it was, but thought the central relationship was great, but really felt like I, Tonya, was the one. Yeah, should have run away with it. Then you did a few impersonations of uh, and some sausages. Yeah, from... you did an impersonation of. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Say, say something appalling. <laughs> Just say it. Let it out. Let it out. <laughs> Just let out the appalling. <laughs> How appalling was it? <laughs> you were about to come. Christ! Ah, lovely. And what did I do an impersonation of? I don't know. You also did a Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, it was a very good. It was very gentle. I just, yeah, I thought it was a wonderful performance. I said, I I said, I watched it and said I thought it was very funny. Which Mm. Paul Thomas Anderson said on a bunch of podcasts. Mm. He also said the master is funny. The master isn't funny. The master is depressing. Is that um, with what's his face? Joaquin, Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix, the guy who died. Philly Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. 
loved him. One of the, you know, but celebrity deaths, I'm sure we've discussed on here multiple times. On the whole, I, you, you know, there's a, I have a slight sort of British, like, ew, about Twitter-ish. Oh, I'm so sad, it's ruined my life. So-and-so's died, but... And not that I said that about Seymour Hoffman, but... Was his surname Seymour Hoffman or was his first name Philip Seymour? No one knows. Do you know what? I don't know. Well, By the way, of like, oh, actually, that it, I feel genuinely sad, but maybe I'm just selfish. I can't empathise. You know, I can only feel it if, if I feel it myself. Yeah. Why, why, it. Do, why does that affect you so? Just because he was always fantastic. It was always worth watching. Yeah. And there weren't... In that, it was, in that sort of era of celebrity death, there wasn't anyone who I thought... You know, Bowie, for me, sort of like, oh, I like bits of Bowie, but I'm, I'm not a Bowie fanatic. Right. So it wasn't, you know, that didn't hit me hard. Ditto Prince did. You know, in that sort of era of dead. Yeah. Whereas Hoffman. Dead era. Yeah. Hoffman? What? Philip Seymour. Oh, I thought you meant Dustin Hoffman was dead. Well, Although, actually, yeah, yeah. he's dodgy now. So, yeah, yeah, fuck him. Let's hope he dies. Um, well, anyway, I, I don't know. I'm going to see if I can rescue what happened before. If I didn't, this is what you're listening to because I couldn't find the stuff before. But we And if you did, it. you probably won't use this. So thanks for not listening to this. Yeah, I'll probably whip it in anyway. Yeah. Um, but this you is always do. Goodbye Bye. from the boardroom. Bye. No, the boardroom is just the, the, the section with the guest. But that's where we're recording it from. Yeah. The boardroom. All right, then we need a new. Then we need a different name. I thought it was going to be called Hot Chat or something. No, because yeah, the, cause the whole talk. point. The whole point is that we book the boardroom for a good section, yeah. and we tell the guests we just want you for a portion of it, so that we don't feel we have to do a whole episode with someone. But if they're good value, then they can stay. Yeah, but and I agree with that. Except that does possibly create a world where people are like. They've made plans, so we want them to stay and do the whole episode, but they only do 20. That's fine. But we'd be like, oh, can't you stay? And no, we like, say come no. back on. And then we've got to get them on again. Yeah. All right. That's fine. This was fine. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.